2: My name is Seb Philpott.
3: And my name is Verity Simmons,
2: And this is...
3: Three in a bar. Three in a bar.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hooray. Hooray, indeed. Who do we have on the show this week?
3: Well, you know what? Seeing us into our 20s, it is composer, arranger and lyricist Shane Cullinan.
2: Whoa, who's Shane Cullinan?
3: Well, I mean, as I said, he's a a composer, arranger... (laughs) A lyricist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Let's go into more depth about that, shall we? But he's composed for TV, film, orchestral yeah. dramas, I read, and opera. Uh he so he went to Nottingham Trent University, but he also had a residency at Princeton University where he he recorded oh. some, he wrote a string quartet piece and recorded it there. Um his film okay. credits include Music for Insight in Mind, The Nuclear Train, and The Silent Train, all for Channel 4. And mm. his score for Insight in Mind, a short film about mental illness, was screened at the National Film Theatre in London in 2003. There we okay. are. But Yes. Shall I, I'll, I'll go on, shall I? Go on, go on. <laughs> his first orchestral drama, The Pieta, which, by the way, is excellent. I listened to it and it's just beautiful, beautiful music, had its world premiere in St. James's Church, Piccadilly, in 2009. Uh, And it was narrated by Francis Barber. And then they did it again at the Royal Northern College of Music in 2017. Um, Mm. Very recently, he was working in the West End on the production of Lady Windermere's Fan, where he was composer and musical director, uh, working with yeah. Kathy Burke. And they wrote a song for Jennifer Saunders for that show, as well as many other yeah. bits of incidental music. So interesting guy. Yeah.
2: Interesting guy. Done lots of different things. Yeah. And this is a, a new one for us because we didn't know him at all, did we? No, we
3: didn't. It's very exciting
2: no. so what was the connection here
3: the connection is the great Michelle Taylor Cohen who you may well have heard in one of our earlier episodes who has worked yeah. with Shane extensively and knew him from Nottingham originally actually where she's from as well um, and she just said you know you've got to chat to Shane he's excellent he's got so many stories to tell he's a really interesting guy and I think she'd said the same thing to him about us which was very nice of her yeah. <laughs> and also lies <laughs>
2: Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always helps. Yeah. Um but yeah, we it was really nice. Yeah, we we actually we chatted for ages, didn't we? we? Did. And it was um it was good fun. Now we had some sound issues on this one. Um oh, that's yeah. sort of the nature of doing this over the internet. Hopefully it's not too distracting for you, but um, you know, these things happen from time to time. Also, you might <laughs> There is a bit of a clicking noise going on in this, and I don't know what it is. I don't want to blame anyone involved, but I think there might be a biro, that's right, uh, and a table, I think so, and involved at some some point <laughs> along along the way along the process. But um, I, apologies for that. Just try and uh, zone that out. Um, it doesn't last for the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't think
3: it was my ankles. A, I th- I think it was a biro. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, but anyway, I um, hope you enjoy it. This is um, our our fun chat we had with Shane Cullinan.
3: I feel like we've been set up on a blind date today. It's really exciting because I know.
1: Like- no other yeah. than Michelle Taylor Cohen.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. She's, she's like, like. Listen, she he's the best. You've got to, you've got to chat to him, And she's been. She's like. Um, she's, great, so. <laughs> she's like
1: Cilla Black of the um, classical crossover yeah. world.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, is, In so many ways.
1: <laughs> Have you heard the um, arrangements she does for the Astillo? I think it's the Astillo. Yeah, Astillo. because that's
3: me. I'm. I'm, I'm the, saying yeah. you.
1: You're oh, You are. You're the cellist, yeah. aren't you?
3: Yeah. So were you playing the other so were you playing the other them, day not. in the garden? Yes, it was so fun, and she's done some amazing new arrangements. That was brilliant. The Foo Fighters, um I why can't I retain this information every Times time?
1: Times like these. Times like these. Yeah. I love it. It was it. stunning. Yeah. yeah. I oh. sent her a text after I sent her a text after I heard that and I thought that was like, that is a brilliant arrangement. Sorry, yeah, oh, of course. So she did tell she already told me this that you were the chalice of um, Ah, the that's
3: it's fine, my it is... Is very much got worse, so don't worry. I, I mean, I barely recognise myself either.
1: <laughs> no, there was some, uh, and she, it's, she does some brilliant arrangements for that. Actually, yeah, my she... friends um, Paul and Charles got married in um, uh, in the arse end of middle of nowhere in France about two years ago, and they walked down the aisle to you guys playing Sigur Rós.
3: Ah, oh, did they? The the Polar? Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Does it, so, does she ever work with you in, in Tonic Fold? Does she does she comes and plays, doesn't she? But does she yeah. do any arrangement with that, or no? No. Very separate. No. no. That no. that band is awesome. I've just been listening. To, I mean, I think that is amazing. How long have you guys been working? How long have you had this project?
1: Well, um, when I graduated in Nottingham, yeah, uh, whatever that was, twenty two years ago. So Michelle was living in Nottingham and working professionally. And I think she was might have been doing a PhD then or trying to, or starting it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, we got to know each other through a viola player called Anne-Marie Morris. Right. Uh, uh, She's called Anne-Marie Shaw now, but um, like a really astonishing uh, viola player. Who was like playing with yeah, like people like uh, Nina Kipinska, Oh, Nina, I know Nina, yes. yeah, yeah, because Nina was the, Nina was up in Nottingham as well in those days. So it's all that like Nottingham crowd that I managed to somehow wangle in with because I just come from doing a kind of a shit course really in right. Nottingham because <laughs> I, because I started off doing biology mm. and then realised I didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to work in a greenhouse in B and Q for the rest of my life. So I was like. Uh, <laughs> i'm gonna swap (laughs) i'm gonna swap and do music um and i had to take a year off actually and go and learn another instrument because they wouldn't let me on the course unless i had another instrument
3: oh well were you you a pianist or yeah like really
1: bad pianist and um (laughs) so i had a year to like get um, another instrument so i just did voice obviously because
3: (laughs)
4: oh yeah,
1: (laughs) and they wanted me to have grade seven or above so i just did grade seven voice in like 10 months and it's you can kind, kind, kind of kind really? of wow. on like a, a, one of those fake operary voices <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. so that I've been died. doing this yeah so I've kind of been doing this cowboy course although looking at it now on reflection it probably wasn't as cowboy it was because it was like very multidisciplinary and it was all about creating rather than performing because I never really wanted to be a performer at all I wanted to be a writer so and it was because it was in uh, this sort of quite Pan arts faculty. Most of the stuff that we were doing there, we were working across loads of different mediums. So we'd be writing uh, with the people that were studying dance, and we were sort of writing the music for their dance pieces. And it's the same with like people that were doing the more traditional sort of. uh, drama stuff we were doing Amazing. their scores and then there was yeah so we were working across various disciplines so I guess yeah. in, the, in hindsight it was quite good practice for me and that's yeah, absolutely why I work across them anyway um I met those guys once I graduated and um it was such a blessing because they were we were gigging in uh various different places in Nottingham uh, you know, it's like just when you'd finished uh, uni, you just thought, like, Oh, what do I do? Let's just do some gigs. And that was just, it was just a, like a string quartet, drum and bass, and a piano and a few uh, other scattered instruments whenever we could have them. And we were gigging in a club there that did quite a lot of new writing stuff. And oh, so brilliant. we were gigging there, and that's how we sort of got, got, um, uh,
3: and was that, all your own, was that all your own composition you were doing? Yeah. You were trying out new material there. Brilliant. What sort of stuff yeah. was that at the start?
1: So it was kind of um, similar to what I, I'm still doing on the sort of like tonic fold side. Yeah. So cross, crossover stuff, and yeah. very much sort of rooted in song uh, song format for most of it. Um yeah. but that kind of place, because we there was, was a club called The Maze and it was a bonkers, like completely bonkers place. You'd have all kinds of shit on it. Am I allowed to swear on this?
3: You absolutely yeah. are. Oh,
1: Don't worry? Right, okay. I'm very uh mancunian so like all those f-bombs come out quite easily for me don't worry i'm cornish
3: it's terrible language
1: (laughs) so there was all kinds of once we were there and there was a guy who's actually a quite a prolific performance artist now called jordan mckenzie and he was on just before me and like that was the first time we played there so we were waiting to go on after him because we were doing like an hour set after him it was like a performance art thing and then music thing and he walked out in front of this crowd of about sort of 90 people or whatever completely naked, covered head-to-toe in baby teats, which <laughs> which he dipped in uh, ultraviolet light. Um, and so he got on stage and all the lights went out, half the ultraviolet, so he just blew up. And then he... Um, he then uh, Lulu to Sir With Love came on. <laughs> to Sew With Love came over the speakers and he just stood there and sat on a broom in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... Uh, okay, so Aww. I've got to go on after this. <laughs> so that's the sort of oh, venues that we were that we were playing at. It was kind of crazy, and it was all just amazing. a bit drunken. I, I remember yeah. one night our uh, flautist like was sick halfway through a uh, one number. <laughs> she just threw up on the floor and then and then spat her, sh- shook her flute out and carried on. Oh um, my god. god. <laughs> So it was all about groom. And, um, so that's how I started gigging with Michelle Taylor-Cohen. <laughs> and she played. But on the serious side, it was like, it was that because I hadn't done much uh, live stuff and certainly working with instrumentalists of that calibre, like her and Mike Shaw, Anne-Marie Shaw and um, Michelle, it, for me, it was uh, going into writing orchestrally and putting it straight away into practice so yeah. every time I was writing for them, I was sort of learning, and as I, as I still do and as, as everybody does, just about what's working, what's not working. But instead of learning it textbook, I was learning it like kind of on the spot uh, yes. and with those guys. Yeah. So, so I was having this kind of like ongoing, because I was probably gigging and living in Nottingham for two years after I, I graduated. So I was kind of like had this constant uh, you know, face-to-face learning Uh, As to how to write, certainly for um, string instruments with with those guys, which is is kind of a gift really, because there's only so much you can learn from being told
4: from a book or
1: by someone, unless you put it into absolute practice. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's, a, it's a real gift and it's something I'm yeah. Well, that's
3: what that? I really got from all your writing was the very it's, the string writing is so lush and beautiful and and that's amazing that you've come to that without sort of the textbook learning side of things because and it actually maybe it's completely freeing. That's probably why it is so beautiful and lush because because you're not constricted by rules. Maybe would you say?
1: Yeah, or, yeah. I think so. Yeah, def- definitely because. There's sort of there's, there's the fundamentals and there's always there's the, some mistakes that you can easily make and even uh I was doing a work for I was doing a piece for uh, Catherine Finch you know the harpist oh, yeah. I was doing a I was doing a work for her I got commissioned to do something for her and string quartet last year and even on that I just sent it once I finished it I sent it over to Michelle I was like. Is there any, have I fucked up on any of this? because you know it's just to have a second set of eyes on it, you know, before yeah. I make a fool of myself sending something like that to Catherine Finch. So um yeah, and but again, it's I do I, I kind of feel a little bit ruleless in yeah. whatever I'm writing. But it's yeah. it's similar, just not with it's still the same with Short Glass player, aren't you, Seb?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah a, that's right. It's the same with that. When I got to London, I started working more uh, with more more uh, brass players and writing more for brass but again that yeah. came as uh, when i look back to the my initial writings for brass it's like what the fuck was I it's like pretty <laughs> embarrassing but again all of that came as uh being uh, sort of learning with are playing with the same brass players over um yeah. over a period of you know god knows how many years a guy called like people like howard roundtree and Dougal prophet you know those oh, guys? yeah yeah. Yeah. Know howard. yeah yeah like howard's been my go-to person for the past 15 years um, oh, and he, oh, he always fixes the people that that he knows will get my stuff yeah. you know and um, yeah yeah he's an awesome player and again it's like sort of learning that, that kind of stuff from working uh with those kind of guys it, it just it, for me it just lends itself to uh a more productive way of learning and also this kind of in i suppose in the classical world those that don't do so much classic or crossover stuff it's good to sort of not have that kind of fear of uh snobbery of like uh not not quite having the traditional route to understanding music um and i've never and i've been lucky enough never really to have experienced that kind of Uh, snobbery
3: which does exist I think you're right but I think it's like I think it is changing a lot more because it seems well I hope I'm not saying that naively but it seems like there's so many more people are more accepting of all the different routes. and I think also this whole portfolio career idea where everyone is doing kind of different styles of music I think that's definitely helped that it's kind of a less of a snobbery. Well, I hope that's true, anyway.
1: Well, you kind of have to yeah. be now because if you yeah. want to have work, if you want to work, then you 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 kind of have to and be uh, more um, adapting to do various different various different things and work across different mediums. And yeah, that's kind of yeah. what that's kind of what I do now. It's like you know, I'm not never writing one particular. I've obviously got kind of like a vibe, um, yeah, which yeah. branches yeah. off. But but um, you can't really yeah. isolate yourself to one particular thing. Well, I certainly can't it'd be nice to just do the things you you enjoy doing and want to do but you know uh you know you can't really just do that can you i've done some well we all do like shocking stuff (laughs) really random stuff as well but you know it's all the fun of it it's all the talk it gives you the talking points when you do the shit stuff because it's what you talk about 20 years later in it i still talk about playing on nottingham pride and shit like that which was like the worst gig i've ever done really?
4: Really? (laughs) yeah
1: because oh, it was it was like it was my first sort of bigger gig after graduating, and it was outside, and you know what it's like playing instrument like um, acoustic instruments outside. It's oh, yeah. just a recipe yeah. for disaster, <laughs> and there wasn't enough space. It was like Nottingham's first gay pride and it was called pink lace
4: <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> um uh, to which my, my housemates at the time decided they were going to write a um, because they were because ta- i was playing out they were taking piss at me so they wrote this really awful hilarious song called chase me chase me why don't you pink lace me um <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so we did this gig and it was they made us play on the street like some of the we had some of the singers on this uh like a you know the back of a lorry kind of thing truck And then we were all on the street and I was stood on the street trying to conduct plays. I think the show was playing on this. And then like uh, like three dogs ran through the the orchestra (laughs) or the band, knocked all the music (laughs) sounds over. And then this like uh, crazy bag lady with a massive shopping trolley barged past everyone through the thing. And it was just a fucking hot mess of (laughs) shit. You couldn't hear anything. And it was just, I went straight to the pub afterwards I was like,
4: I
3: don't care. That's it. That's, I'm done. So yeah, I'm done. Remember, That's it. I remember going, uh, I used to go busking with my friend when I was just leaving college, and uh, it, me. it was me and a flute player. And I remember going to Watford, and um, we'd made virtually nothing all day. It was really windy. It was, sounded awful. And uh, and just to top it off, we thought somebody was coming over to give us some money, this young boy. We're like, oh, how sweet is that? And he threw a stink bomb at us.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. Little bastard. <laughs>
3: That was such a high point in my career, like, so proud. <laughs> stink
2: bombs? Yes. I haven't heard about stink bombs Old school. in a while. Old school. Yeah, do they actually yeah. still exist. Do your Just... kids make stink bombs, Verity?
3: No, only very little ones. On own. <laughs> 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 only from their own selves. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because <laughs> the Phoenix article on Tranquist Road, they have recently expanded, because always, I've always spoken to the guys there and I've always asked them to play, but it's never been big enough the venue and like and i mean that in terms of capacity um yeah, yeah. uh both for, of for us to play and the sort of size of audience that we'd need to make it um commercially viable um however they just knocked the whole thing through so it's like twice the size now so they can sort of sit oh, like wow. about 180 people now oh great. yeah and in a yeah. sort of more sort of club environment and so we had like 150 there because we took up some of the space because there was a uh, eight piece string section, drum, yeah. bass, piano, guitar, and um, uh, four singers. <laughs> so, yeah, it's quite a big <laughs> setup for like a, a club of that size. But um, uh, we thought, well, we'll do it and just sort of see how it works. Because doing tonic fold stuff, but it kind of moved into more good playing in sort of places like the Temple in, uh, uh, sorry, the Tabernacle in West London and oh, yeah. the uh, Union Chapel. Uh, yes. spitz club in spitzle when spitz was still open all those oh. years ago so those kind of like sort of uh medium-sized venues but were more catered specifically for bands yeah uh, and churches a lot of churches um but this is just like a sort of arts club so it was a yeah. little bit like we can be able to do the tech and everything and it's actually really felt fine though there, there were great um hosts there and then and we had an awesome time, actually, and we Brilliant. had some really nice singers uh, that we had all brought down, a, you know, a nice bunch of, of singers. So, yeah, it was, it was really good. And you're right, right, we we got it in just before um, lockdown. Phew.
3: Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, because everything yeah. started towards the end of, of February. That's when everything started finishing, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. we were lucky.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and also you can try out new stuff like those kind of like gigs i mean i did four new songs like that that um I mean, didn't sort of songs from sort of cut stuff but um Great. yeah i did four new pieces out that because yeah. you can kind of like try it out and, and Absolutely. you know three I'd, I'd say three out of four of them were one of them was a bit like might not be the one again she
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. sort of tend to know immediately oh, oh this isn't working we won't do this one again, yeah i guess well it's, I and also down, right? the
1: ones that you have got a little bit of a dodginess about i always do like quite late in the second half because people are more pissed <laughs> then and they don't yeah they <laughs> yeah. don't really hear it when, when all the shit that's happened so
3: <laughs> <laughs> exactly get people so, talking <laughs>
2: so with that group is that is that the only time you get to play in public uh, or like, me personally mean, yeah yeah personally yeah, so it's your sort of one sort of outlet Yeah. Wise.
1: but also because I'm not really a massive performer at all um I mean if there was a way i mean I kind of like the with rhythm because it's sort of it's my baby I suppose but you know if yeah. we were we've done three studio three studio albums and an, and an ep now so um, I'm probably do something maybe the beginning of next year but for all those uh recordings uh, there's no way I played the piano on it you know I, oh. uh, yeah absolutely <laughs> not it's like I mean I think I tried the first album and I just couldn't it's just too intense for me um and yeah. I was going totally off kilter as well um so um I, I would never play the piano on that um always get it out hard. to someone
3: When you're so closely attached to it, obviously because it's your own work, it's quite hard then as well to be sort of have a distant pair of ears on it as well. Because when you're playing, if you see what I mean, I imagine as a composer you need to have a bit of space from it to be able to listen rather than
1: yeah. And even when you're thinking about it, you're hearing the whole thing. You're not just hearing the piano playing, and it was all just a bit of distraction. And and also, I am in in all seriousness. Quite a shit penis as well. So, <laughs> so I'm quite. I'm really. I don't know really you doesn't optimistic.
3: say that. Apart from maybe like Joanna McGregor, or
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a few. But yeah. um, uh, so but live it's different. So, but yeah, that's the only time I've ever performed live. But yeah, um, apart from being there for when we did this uh, talking hilarious piece we did like I would go. We did a. Um, uh, i got commissioned to do some. Uh, some writing arranging of uh, string quartet songs for UEFA. Wow! Um, oh, cool. Well, it sounds cool, but it, <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't cool. It was so what it was was like who there was. There was UEFA were coming to look at venues to host uh, the European Cup in 2022. I think. Yeah. Um, and so we were playing like at, booked at this hotel. It's for the officials there. And, yeah. and this quite plush hotel in Mayfair. And so there was like maybe about eight of us. Um, and it's, it's this hotel. And like we were playing uh, covers of um, what's that? Oh, football's coming home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we used it, uh, one of Michelle's arrangements of heroes. So it's all yes. football. It was yeah. all football. It was all football stuff. And um so we got there and they took us to the performance base and we went to the top of the hotel and then had to go through the fire escape onto the top onto <laughs> the roof of the hotel and then climb over, you know, all that shit on the top of the hotel. You had to climb yeah. over all that fucking all this kind of <laughs> crap. And then we turned around this corner and it was just like it stood there in the middle of all these metal pipes. And we had oh, uh, to stand there and play this stuff out. And they brought the officials out the same way we would have. There was just these two really, really confused looking uh, German women that came out <laughs> and were just staring at us like, what the f- are you doing? <laughs> playing, this, <laughs> playing this random music. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. So um, uh, these that, things
3: always sound like they're going to be so glam as well, don't they? It was quite.
1: Yeah. It, 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 it was a payer. It was a really yeah. good payer for like right. half an hour and yeah. then free, co- free cocktails in the bar
2: afterwards. Oh, we'll okay. I'm now out. you're talking. Oh, yeah. We'll do a bit of this. So <laughs> they probably <laughs> thought it would look like uh, something out of Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Just some like. <laughs> um, yeah. So cool. even
1: though I'm not Thing performing, the if there's something like that uh, and I've done the arrangements for, I might pop along to
2: supervise and have oh, yeah. the free drinks.
3: Quite right. Well done.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So so your main sort of uh your main thing is composing, right? So you're
1: Yeah, you're, um, and did a shift yeah. into or uh, to do more sort of theatre stuff. Uh, or yeah. started to do that. Well I was doing more of my own it was writing more sort of uh, drama and writing sort of slightly more shift over to uh, opera. Because all my wow. stuff has my stuff has always been Uh, fusing words and music yeah Uh, and that's kind of my hot point
3: I was listening to the Pieta apologies if oh god it's fantastic it's the most beautiful moving thing Mm. and I actually started listening to it and stopped for a bit because I found it really overwhelmingly emotional but um Pass. did you come at that from the point of view was it based on the statue of the pieta uh, in or did you come of it from the modern point of view because um it's about a mother losing her son isn't it in basically in yeah. manchester that's right
1: yeah um, so it was uh it wasn't uh based on the statue it was uh, um so there's um a church in manchester called the hidden gem church and it's just this tiny little cozy little trip right in the city center and so i was killing time there a year so this is probably 20 years ago and um with one of my mates who's a children's author who lives in um uh up in cumbria now we were in there just having a nosy and they had that they they have got uh, all these uh paintings Ground of yeah. hidden gem uh, of the uh, uh, stations of the cross, and they're all yeah. they're all contemporary interpretations of all the stages stages of the stations of the cross over so which Christ went through them and, and was crucified, and they're all contemporary interpretations of, of those images. And the one of the um, the moment where Christ is placed into the arms of his mother is called uh, is described as the Pietà. Yeah. And it's a really interesting... Right. It's not so much about the uh, religious aspect of it. It's more about the, uh, the the image of that and the image of, of any son being placed into the Antigrism yeah. at, uh, at, at his death. Um, yeah. It was, was uh, a striking image. And so I kind of like built it around that, but um, I wanted it to be quite sparse. And so... Um, I wrote the narrative based around <clears throat> um, a one minute's worth of time, yeah. which was stretched into an hour. And so, uh, it's basically a story of a mother that goes shopping with her 25 year old son. And uh, she goes off to uh, one shop across the square. She goes off to the to the sort uh, of baker's, and he goes off to get cigarettes. And as she's in the shop waiting to pay, she looks across the square and she can see a commotion, and she can see him lying on the floor. And so it starts at that point and it takes her a minute to run to him and get to him, but during that minute it's stretched out to an hour um, where she has flashbacks and so you understand yes. his birth, his life and who this guy is and who she is as well through a series of, uh, of, um, of flashbacks. <clears throat> and it's the voice of the mother is told through three different mediums, so a spoken actress, a soprano and a Coron anglais. So those three voices all collectively play, represent the voice of this mother. Um, Mm -hmm. And then everything else around that, so the voices of the uh, crowd, the voices of the uh, uh, ambulance team, the voices of all the people that are in the past are performed and represented by uh, string orchestra and uh, harp and piano yeah so yeah so um and yeah it was it's that was kind of like a when I first read that was my first major foray into sort of really fusing uh words and um and music as as one you know yeah Um,
3: and um the recording I heard had Frances Barber playing the part of the mother uh, um obviously the spoken word part of it it, did you have her in mind when you were writing it or
1: uh no no but um uh, she became attached because I was doing some workshop stuff at the Old Vic and uh, my friend was directing the toy there sorry, the pantomime there with Ian McKellen. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> Sean Matthias, he was directing the, when, they, when Ian did Panto there years ago, he was directing that. And so we became quite friendly there. Um, so I was in the studio space upstairs. Yeah. And, um, and uh, so I'd just written this and I'd workshopped it. Um, but I wanted to sort of form it to sort of the more of an bigger scale and uh, I asked him who he would recommend. And Frances, like at that time, was playing <laughs> a character called Dim Sum in the panto, because it was a... Uh, it was oh, um, a perfect obvious choice Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, when I first met her, she had, like, this massive beard on. <laughs> um, and so she did it and she was amazing. And she's yeah. done it twice now. We did it in London at St. James Piccadilly. Yeah. yeah. And then um, two years ago, we formed it at the Royal Northern College of Music. It's, it's definitely, as well, kind of, I think my forte is, is yeah. the fusion of words and, um, and music. And also yeah. there's not yeah. that many composers that um, write words as well. No, um, Which not. I kind of feel like I've got rare. a little sort of, a, a bit of an advantage. Sometimes maybe a disadvantage, because sometimes you might see it as a jack for trait and a master of none, really. A bit like share. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Share do, doing um, doing West Side Story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? I've not do, seen there that. Was a, there was a, a yeah. video going around of Share playing all the parts in West Side Story. <laughs>
4: no, it's
2: really calm. It's really oh good. It's God, all green I screen. Know. so there's like eight of her on stage.
3: That's amazing. I can't believe I haven't seen that. It's
2: like when you're a child. You're a child. I can't,
1: I can't it's do a it. Say. Cher. <laughs> yeah, it's not <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking um, that. I've got to be honest. When I was thinking of <laughs> your Oratorio*, <laughs> I was not thinking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe I could get Cher to do the American version. <laughs>
3: yeah, you totally should.
2: <laughs> so, so with with uh, the words, like that kind of side of things, is that something you've you studied a lot? Did you do Did you l- do English? Mm, and no, kind of not really. Again, it's, no. no.
1: It's again something that's probably. I mean, I've always done sort of creative writing uh, yeah. independently, um, and I always write all my own lyrics, um, uh, my own my own concepts for everything that I do. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it's it's something that I just—it's uh, it, again—it's sort of self-taught, I suppose, in in many ways. And well, I I suppose I'm always with with most of my writing. It's quite um, it's quite conceptual. So there's always something. Uh, that I've researched and attached to it, whether that's just, you know, though, so the last um, album that I did with Tonic Fold was called The Violent Language of, Violent, oh, the Language yes. of Portraits. <clears throat> and that, all the pieces of that were portraits of people. And so each song, uh, they, were, they, were, they were quite different, each, the, the tone and sound of each of the tracks. Um, you yeah,
3: had quite different artists, them. didn't you? On yeah, that? exactly. Sort
1: of yeah, all kinds of people, and um, yeah. but there were, so the, for instance, the piece that David McCall sings on that uh, it's called Let Lay, and that piece of uh, that that particular song is about um, uh, um, uh, Mary Colvin, the um, uh, the, uh, the journalist who was killed in, um, yeah. in sorry, the journalist that was killed in uh, Syria
4: um, yeah.
1: in two thousand twelve, I think. Yeah, and so that That's piece cool. was about her and um yeah and, and the other piece the other the other piece is various different other um there's, there's one piece uh the actor chris new he narrates one piece on it and that's about francis bacon yeah. um yeah and so yeah so this this all i kind of feel like i always have some sort of strong concept um mm. which lends itself to um a, a stronger platform for my writing i guess yeah yeah,
2: yeah. And do do you find that we, if you have a sort of different picture for each song, is there a different process for each one, or does it is it all quite kind of similar uh, process?
1: I think I write as a plain anyway. I don't. I'm not a sort of layered composer. So certainly for like what a lot of
2: uh,
1: it's no right or wrong. As we know for like songwriting, no. um, but I don't generally tend to write the foundations of a song and then decorate it orchestrally. Yeah. I, tend, I tend to write thing, everything as a plane yeah. um, as I go. So I'm yeah. when I'm writing a song, I'm sort of orchestrating it as, as I'm going along at the same time. So I don't do oh, right. that, that that I don't layer it like that.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, and I think that's um, I think that's because I've written the words as well and I want the orchestration uh, not to be decoration it wants yeah. it to be mm. as much uh, embedded yeah. and to be a, a hybrid of, um, of what's narrative. going on exactly yeah yeah so um, you're
3: hearing the bigger picture then when as you're starting it's like you're sort of hearing all the voices kind of hearing voices i don't mean yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> hearing all the different voicing as you're writing these things to begin with do you think
1: oh. yeah i think so and I, I i i know what it wants to what it should sound like i mean there's certain things which you, you know it's going to sound, what, how it's going to sound, because as you're writing orchestrally, but then there's other things that will come in the studio which mm. you can't preempt as a writer, yeah. predominantly your uh, percussion, your drum stuff. Um, yeah. I work with an amazing drummer, I've worked with him for like 15 years now, called James Gambold, he does a lot oh, yeah. of... Uh, do you know James?
3: Yeah, because he was at school, a few years above being at school.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, he's amazing, he's so brilliant, I yeah. love him. And so I I, I work really well with him because, you know, you can't overwrite for the drums. You you can't overwrite for them. There's just no point Um, because, you know, certainly drummers like him are quite free spirits and they want to have creative input as to what they're doing, Um, whether that's in a studio or whether it's live. So there's some things that you can hear as you're you're writing, but there's other things that, you know, you're just going to have to leave to be quite free. Yeah. stuff for him and again some of the electric stuff like the guitar stuff you know you're gonna put some sort of kind of effect on it then to just allow, allow yourself a bit of space in your in your creative map that that's yeah. going to be something that's going to be filled in later
2: yeah exactly it's nice to think about for drummers and guitarists so that they really know their gear and they know yeah. they they've got so many maybe different They've come they've come at music from a different angle, maybe, and they've got different influences. So it's it's kind of yeah, you can't really prescribe it too much for, for drums and because they they're gonna come up with something you'd you'd never <laughs> thought of. Yeah, of course. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> <Or> just, <laughs> yeah. You, you, yeah.
1: But again, it's just going back to that thing of just writing what you know, writing for your strengths. And don't mm-hmm. try and uh try don't try and overwrite some things. Um, especially yeah. when you've got people it's like me playing the piano. Yeah. It's like why would I play the piano like when I'm actually a bit shit? And you can just get someone who's actually really good. <laughs> you know, it's time yeah. to. Yeah. And it's the
2: same. That's a good attitude it's,
1: it's why I don't conduct my stuff anymore. I mean, I, I conducted um, a while back, and I think one of my um, string players was like, "You're a bit, you're a bit shit actually, and you should get." <laughs>
3: Straight and I'm like, horrible. That's, that's fine.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that because, you know, it's like you've got to play to strengths and there's no point in sort of pissing around yeah. with some stuff out of uh, from a vanity perspective when you can just get something else to, to, to do it. When we recorded, there's a track on the uh, on the Violent Language Portraits called The Rosary Minor, which is about um, uh, the school that I went to in Manchester. It's a, uh, a very, very Catholic um a boarding school uh i didn't board there but there were boarders there anyway there was a big a child abuse scandal there oh, and my religion teacher is I, he, well he was in strange ways prison don't know if he's dead yet but um wow. child abuse. so that piece was about the um not so much about an attack on him individually that priest It's more and more about the uh the way that it was allowed to happen uh anyway i'm 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 steering off the project but um that uh when we did that there was sort of cer- certain sounds that i wanted to have in or which i left to james and there was all kinds of stuff and so in the studio we found like this uh, metal chair that was just lying around in the studio so i just got james to find something else metal and just twat the chair like <laughs> repetitively <laughs> and to just be at- <laughs> and that actually sort of uh, is like quite a sort of prominent thing in it and people always ask me what it is because it sounds a bit sort of anvilly. But it's mm. not. A, well, yeah. it's not an ample. It's just. It's just James White in a metal chair in the studio that we found. Here. <laughs> Brilliant. Part of the ten percent. It's part of the ten percent. Quite
2: Definitely. right. I had something quite similar yesterday. We we did a, a recording actually with um, and a filming thing with my band, and um, all socially distanced. But for for whatever reason, there are actually too many players in the band
0: right. because
2: of how many people turned up to the first r- rehearsal. It's <laughs> a long story, but basically, we only ever have four trumpet players playing. But there were five of us there. We were all there. So we had to sort of rotate in and out, tag in and out for each song. But um, one of the songs um, has lots of percussion in it. So I, I was just hidden underneath the stage and I wanted to join in. So I was just <laughs> twatting the uh, <laughs> twatting the scaffolding. Oh, really? sounded really good. Wow, oh,
1: scaffolding's a great one.
2: Yeah, it's it's like a massive cowbell. Yeah.
3: Um, so was that like some sort of breakdown or were you just having a straw? It was
2: a bit like that, yeah.
3: <laughs> Someone uh, I was
2: standing up some, and the cameraman told me to just, he was like, you're going to stand there, you can't say you've got to sit down. You've got to sit down, so sit down on the floor and just put... So I just, like, did my little sticks over the top. It was really fun.
1: Someone right. did, uh, who, someone created an instrument out of um, scaffolding. Can't remember who. Oh, right. Yeah, they, it, it did a bit like a sort of uh, metallophone kind of thing, <gasps> out of uh, different shape, uh, different size piping.
3: Yeah. Oh, oh, God, it wasn't those. I think I know exactly what you mean. I did, like, yeah. Like a percussion ensemble. Um, yeah,
1: and it was really yeah. awesome. It just sounded like chaos, but brilliant yeah. chaos. You know, <laughs> yeah. This,
0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up.
3: the album that you were talking about the violent language of portraits that again it's a very similar question sorry to the one I was asking you before about um about Francis Barber did were you thinking about that because you've got so many different artists working on that again was that writing for those people particularly like David McCalmont and Kathy Burke and people like that or or did you have the songs first of all and then approach people later um
1: a mixture A mixture
3: right. um yeah.
1: Kathy's track, um, I already had the uh, concept for I knew what it was about, but I hadn't um actually put down the text, I hadn't written the text. I knew what the I knew I knew what it was gonna sound like, it was going to be very much uh Based on just, if it's taken there would be no brass. It was just going, really, yeah, you know, no brass. <laughs>
2: oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, um, but it was going to be very much more focused on. That's uh, the just, sound
2: rubbish. Going
1: to be just focused on strings and um, and soft guitar stuff. Sure. So it'd be quite. Because um, well, what I, one sort of style I, I keep going back to is sort of having frantic and quite sort of very sort of big text and quite vocal and quite sort of forte text and quite aggressive over yeah. a very, very uh, a sort of tranquil yes. um, soundscape. So it's like, it's this massive clash. Yeah. Um, it's not a music that you would normally expect to have with what the dialogue is. So um, that was, it was always going to be like that. And I knew the concept was going to be about um, uh, a woman who's, um, uh, Partner just went missing one day and he was just desperately trying to find him. Um, And then it sort of turns into something else about whether actually did this guy ever really exist and is it just really about... Is it really just one woman who is extremely lonely and has never actually had somebody Mm. like this and Mm. so she's created him um, because she never had him. Yeah. Um, uh, And so the concept but then when uh kathy said yes which I couldn't believe because i knew that she'd see my pieta and so yeah. i got francis baba who knows her. i got her to ask kathy and francis like she's never gonna say yes She, never said yes. And, she back <laughs> and she uh she was like i can't believe it she said it. and so she can she did it she was amazing and um so then i wrote the dialogue because i knew what kathy was going to sound like you yeah. know i wasn't going to make it all i didn't want to make it all prosy and full houry and it had yeah, to be yeah. really, had to be really urban and really raw, but using really beautiful uh, text and words and really uh, poignant words, but still keeping it quite uh, grounded and not too floating, because yeah. that just wouldn't suit her voice.
2: No, uh. it wouldn't suit her. No. No. But
1: also, like I got into the studio, and there's, there's certain points in the touched me there's a lot of it's free dialogue I was like just just read we can you know read it at this pace and she she was fine but then there's bits where there's lots of stabs where she's sort of shouting out certain words and that sort of layered over it so she did have to like sort of do rhythm at that point and I was like, oh fuck how's this gonna go and she was <laughs> amazing at it she was bang on it bang on it bang on it bang on it um, oh
3: that's brilliant so...
2: timing isn't it
1: yeah exactly um <laughs> but then there's other people who um it, the, the song was already um there and so the, the song that David McCormick sings, that I'd already written that. Um, and I wanted David for it. Um, and he said yes. But he was concerned about the key because he's got such a... Uh, his voice is so it's unique. It's an amazing it's,
3: voice, yeah. Yeah,
1: his pitch is just like not where you'd expect it to be at all. Even when you hear him singing... It's yeah. not the sort of pitch that you think it is. It's a really strange one because I'm, I'm sort of quite good with, like, especially sort of pop soul singers, but I have to always, like, take back and, like, and then sometimes I have to go, what, what actually, what pitch are he actually singing yeah. in? So, um, yeah. But, so, but it, it actually worked out fine. It, the key was perfect for him. It's a little bit low, but, like, works fine. So, yeah, so a mixture, really, a mixture. Um, yeah. Oh,
3: just it's fabulous. The, uh, the songs I've heard from the album, I've heard um, the David McAlmans one. It's just absolutely stunning. And I heard one of your other, is, is it Rachel Tucker? Apologies if I've got that name. Oh, yeah.
1: Rachel one Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. I'm not sure yeah.
1: I probably would have got Rachel suit now because her career has kind of gone flying. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. like, she's on Broadway. She's doing so much Broadway stuff. She's just, because wow. she was, uh, and she just got nominated for an Olivier Award last Whoa, true.
3: amazing. Um,
1: yeah, she's, but actually, do you know what? It's, it's, I say that, but she's currently, or was doing Come From Away in the West End. She's playing the oh, main yes. partner. It's an ensemble thing, but, you know, if there's one standout character, it's, it's hers. And she got her Olivier yeah. nomination for that. And the theatre where I come from away is on is upstairs from the phoenix where I was playing so I said to like Rachel I was like Uh, I'm playing downstairs do you want to come and sing your song and she called me and she's like do you know what I would absolutely love to do that but it was her last week in doing a show because she was transferring to do it on Broadway this is before lockdown killed all that shit. and she's it's the last it was the last show that she was doing and she was rehearsing to do the concert version of the pirate queen at the dominion and so it just didn't work in terms of timing and stuff, but um, yeah, she's an amazing, amazing singer. She yes. was one of the, she was one of the people that you know when you just give to, to someone you don't have to worry about it, and I think she got it in like two or three takes. And you know those okay. people are kind of like in and out, and such a gift. But, yeah, yeah, gold she's, dust. <laughs> she's a good Northern Irish, good Northern Irish girl. Just, uh, yeah. Not too far from where my mum was born. So oh, nice lovely. But,
4: yeah, uh-huh.
1: yeah, she's she's great. But also like doing stuff with her. You know, sort of lent, um, having her name on the album sort of peak more interest in uh, the sort of theatre community, and, and uh, you know, it sort of meant I got a little bit more doing stuff for sort of West End stuff, and then yes. and then I did uh, Lady Windermere's Fan as well.
3: Yeah, we were just going to say and that was with Kathy Burke again, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, she called me and asked me to do that because she obviously knew me from was working together um, previously, but. It, it's. It was also. It's that one. You know, when you just go get to the, some of those times when you're like, "What the fuck am I doing?" It's like, <laughs> you know, I, I, work is just all a little bit laborious. You might be doing arranging stuff, and it's just not not sexy stuff at all. And I was like, and then it's like anything. It's just like I was waking up one morning and I got an email from the production team saying, "Oh, Kathy, can Kathy give you a call? She wants to um, talk about something she's doing." And then she called me, and she's like, oh. What, babes? I'm doing um, Lady Windermere's Fan in the West End with Jennifer Saunders and Kevin Bishop and um, uh. Samantha Spiro. She was like, Oh, do you want to do the music? I'm like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> I was like, um, I'll just check my diary. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, yeah. It's, it's amazing those moments, those, those emails you get out of nowhere that just change your life. I know. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. <laughs> and it was great. And also, it's like my first sort of West End play. Um, so it was a bit it was a bit intense because, you know, it was like it's an Oscar Wilde play. Um, it was being performed in the in the written era, so it was quite traditional. It looked quite traditional as well, but the difference came with Kathy's direction and Cathy's yeah. interpretation. She just put so many contemporary nuances in. Uh, she colorblind casting, um, and uh, she developed all uh, minor characters and silent characters, and gave them all like twists and int- interesting nuances. Um, she obviously actually upped the humor, um, and yeah. So was, I wanted to up so my score for that. I wrote I wrote a mixture. I did some of it because obviously the budget was restricted, so did some of it. Uh, uh, MIDI and then uh, layered it with uh, sort of live violin and bassoon and a, a bit of live percussion as well. And so it was mixed and put a few beats underneath it. I did the, most of the percussion for the score was done on a, a fan. You know the, the crap yeah. of the fan. So oh, nice. so it did sign like up a little bit of like live fan sort of breakbeat kind of stuff sort of over yeah. little funk bassoon. So it's quite it, it sounded quite period, but then it had little like. Underneath it, fan cracks and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And that, that came pretty quickly. But then they were like, um, because there's four acts, they said, um, so um, in between act three and four, um, we've got a big scene change. And um, we want to use uh, Jennifer Saunders' character a little bit more because she only features in act one and two. Um, and so uh, we decided we were going to write a song for Jennifer to sing in front of the curtain in yeah. between those acts so that was i think that must have been like the most intense hard thing to do because we there wasn't a song we so we decided we were going to write one and so kathy went and she was brainstorming and i was thinking and did a bit of research and um and then i was at uh jack samuel on Edgware road rehearsing yeah. for something else and i came out of there. Mm-hmm that old den of iniquity. And uh, <laughs> came yes. out of
4: there.
1: I came out of there one afternoon and, and Kathy just called me. She was like, oh, I've come up with a song. So walking down the edge of road and she's singing this song down to me. Like, well, she's like reading the text going, she was like, do you think we can turn that into a song? I was like, yeah. And um, So we wrote the song and it was all just a really camp, smutty nose, nose, drink, wink. It was called uh, Keep Your Hands Off My Fan. Um, <laughs> and it was all a bit like, uh, yeah, it's like, don't you touch my fan kind of thing <laughs> um and so but the hard thing was that you know because they had they didn't cast didn't really cast actor musicians so we kind of had to go we had to beg steal and borrow for the rest of the cast to see what they could play so i was like who can play an instrument but luckily there was one guy ben salter who was on it who played um the butler. he was like yeah. grade eight he was grade eight cello i was like oh, Oh, Thank planet. you, God. Yeah, and then uh, then one guy, could, one guy like played guitar pretty well, um, yeah, or well, competently, and then uh yeah. and then one of the girls had experience of playing the accordion.
3: Oh,
1: so we went. That's, that's fake. So yeah, so we went and bought her a concertina. Oh God. Cool. Um, yeah, and so how did that I'll, go? It was, <laughs> so we went. To, what's the um, what's the old folk shop or um off Oxford Street?
3: Oh, you,
1: do you know uh, 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 Hobgoblin? Right? Um, Hobgoblin, oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah wow. So I just went into Hobgoblin and we bought like this two hundred pound concertina, and so <laughs> just sent to her. So I was like, you've got a couple of nights to go and learn how to play this.
4: Oh my <laughs>
1: God. And she did actually. I mean, it, it wasn't the most taxing of like scores for it to learn you know it's an accompaniment to like a but camp- that is oh, good to learn that so yeah so I had a cello a concertina a guitar and then the um one of the maids we I just got the percussion instruments and she had like, some of them down the top here and she just kept <laughs> she just kept producing like uh percussion instruments throughout the song so really? she had the pair of plays and then then she like all of a sudden had um uh, two antique symbols which she had like in her like breast pocket, <laughs> and she pulled out <laughs> halfway through. <laughs> I <laughs> love so it. Good. The sound designer, John Leonard, who did the sound design. You know, he's an old stalwart; he's like a, a legend. And so he was this was my first time to deliver and file to it. Should be it was, it was quite intense, sort of uh, trying to learn and understand all that. It was like quite a lot to sort of go in from like scratch, not knowing anything really. Yeah
2: what were the biggest differences you found immediately was it sort of did you have to use sort of different software or or, or that kind of, or just different processes and just, techniques it,
1: and it was more about having to do things super quick making yeah. changes yeah. um and you know if i was to do it now and um you know when my agent does finally get me um <laughs> uh, some more gigs um <laughs> uh it's just about knowing what to prep and what not to prep you know giving them more alternatives uh, Different because, stuff. you know once you put all the uh the lighting in that you think it's going to eight take things. 30 seconds and it takes 45 seconds you've got to come up with another 15 seconds of music and, and you know, as uh, we know it's like 15 yeah. seconds music's a lot you know yeah. um yeah. so it's just more it's just understanding the process is a lot more. Um, yeah, and uh, a lot more you know,
3: constraint, I guess. It yeah, must be quite, you know, working yeah, constraints exactly. all the time. Yeah,
1: yeah, and because it's not, you know, because it's not live, you can't get them to just play it quicker. Like you no. can to <laughs> do things. Just yeah. just play this bit really slowly, or play it
2: backwards. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
4: Loop, loop, loop.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, did you get brought in kind of very early on in the sort of yeah. process of rehearsal? So I was there things.
1: for I was there for the meet and greet on the first day. Yeah. So, oh, right. And I, yeah. Going to, you know, you got like... I mean, because they had such amazing people in and, and that cast. She just cast... She basically cast people that she really trusted and people that she'd worked with. And so it was fun yeah. people like Kevin Bishop and Jennifer Sons and Santa Sparrow and Joe Marcel, really? who was yeah. um Jeffrey in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <gasps> um, was like, oh, so
4: yes.
1: it was like... Yes. It was just absolutely <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> the cast. It was like... And even all the rest of the, of the class, not just the first four, but just uh, stunning. It was like it was great, and the oh. whole thing was just like sort of three months of a piss up, really, because
3: I it was so it was, much such fun. Oh. it
1: was. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a baptism of fire, I guess, for me.
3: Yeah. Um, did did it give you a taste for more though? Do you feel like you'd like to?
1: Definitely... Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been doing, trying to do more of that, and you know, but. Well, I guess well, the, the one thing that I miss doing that is because it's, uh, it's lots of it's incidental music. I mean, we wrote mm. a song for that one, but for lots, lots of it, it's incidental music, so it's the background music. And so mm. I don't feel particularly fulfilled from uh, a sort of more of a sort of text music crossover perspective. So, mm. you know, it's not, it doesn't totally burn my fire. I love the process of it, and I love like the sort of world of that in terms of what I'm actually producing um uh I'd I'd probably prefer to be doing something which involves a bit more overall song-based stuff or live as well
2: yeah 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 so are you looking to maybe write a a musical or something
1: uh yeah I'm just sort of finishing something actually um, which um I'm probably going to record once we get out of lockdown because uh something i've been working on for quite a long time and it's finally managed to sort of get my head around what it is and how it should be presented and what it it, it's sort of a contemporary uh ensemble uh type piece of music theater i'm not sure whether i should call it a musical no it is a musical i suppose in its essence Um, but sometimes i try and avoid that term musical
2: but i guess it has yeah, there's a sort of preconception. Someone says musical, yeah. isn't there? Um, Even though that, it could be such a huge Well, you guys must have played genre. on lots of shows and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, love yeah. <laughs> I love it. it yeah, I love it. I really love me
3: it. Me too, yeah.
2: <laughs> Verity and I, we met doing Funny Girl in, in the West End. Oh, you know, with Sheridan. 2000... Oh. Yeah, with Sh- Yeah, that's you got, right. You got a pho-
3: oh, yeah, apologies. <laughs> yeah. Sheridan it, it's Sheridan calling right now. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, I saw. Um, so you did it uh, at the uh, the London one, uh, the Savoy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I know um, I'm quite good friends with the um, general manager of the chocolate factory, Tom Sabatelli. Oh, uh, Tom oh. Siracusa. Yeah.
2: Siracusa. Siracusa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did it at the many. Verity didn't do it. There was no cello at that point. No, okay. they... but I I did it oh, at the chocolate right. factory. Yeah. Oh. I
1: just had lunch where I had lunch with Tom last week. Oh. Yeah. Oh, he's a
2: nice guy. Yeah. He is
1: such a nice guy.
3: The chocolate yeah. factory. How
1: are they great. doing? Yeah, yeah. How are they? Uh, they are doing okay, I think. From the sounds of it, I think that, yeah. you know it's, it's it's. I think they might be all right to the end of the year, but who can say? I mean, uh, it's so difficult for all of them. So difficult for all of them, uh, yeah. You know, because they haven't got any particular date as to you know when they can work towards, so they're not programming anything yet uh, until they know yeah, when yeah. they're going to be able to actually Yeah.
4: <clears throat> Yeah. I
1: saw that production of Funny Girl in Manchester, actually. Oh, um, did you? Oh, yeah. yeah, at the start, oh. it was the very first night of the tour. Um,
3: uh, who was was it Sheridan or was it Natasha on that she, night?
1: Sheridan. Yeah. Oh, was
3: it? Yeah, great. She was brilliant, wasn't she? Totally yeah. captivating in that role. Yeah, Amazing.
1: yeah. No, it's yeah. a really good, really good show. I Enjoyed it a lot. I didn't see it at the Chocolate Factory. I, I, did I see it at Savoy? I'm not sure. I definitely saw it in Manchester, so I was up there it was on the first night. So I didn't see it. it was good.
2: The um, year before that, I did Assassins at the Chocolate Factory. Nice. Did you go and
1: see that? Uh, yes. Was that with uh, Catherine Watts of Chops?
2: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, Catherine Tate. Tate, yeah. Oh, cool. She was so funny. Catherine Watts of Chops, as I'm sure she appreciates <laughs> <Yeah>. people following her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, But that was the first show I'd ever, um, I'd, I'd dept some things, but that was the first one that I was sort of, playing the trumpet um,
1: yeah there's quite the a lot game. of trumpet in that isn't there because it's quite brash yeah. and um all the american that
2: was me yeah all
3: right brash That
1: that
2: is it yeah yeah because it. yeah, it's all it's uh if people don't know it, it's yeah I liked, like that uh, um, there's a lot of but it's kind of it's got that um what was it, is it called el capitan that tune yeah. it's all like that kind of style yeah um yeah there's some amazing music in that there's the one about FDR being shot and it's all done in the style of um Sousa. Um so Washington Post it, it quotes that and all that kind of stuff. And, and this is Charlie uh Charlie guitar, uh Charlie Gateau yeah. ballad of Charlie Gateau. Yeah with uh yeah Andy Nyman.
1: Right. No this summer uh, this it's uh yeah there's lots of uh punchy uh trumpet stuff on that oh. it's, it's it's really
2: yeah, good. I love that. That that was the first uh, first thing I did and I just, I, I remember I'd had to get, get out some other work to do it. And it was one of those real moments in my life where I was sort of, I had this nice work already, then I got offered this show and I originally turned it down because I had, had this other work. And then I just had to decide what to do. It was like a real crossroads yeah. moment. And someone advised, because I really wanted to get into doing theatre. So they said, look, I really recommend you, you do it. And so I was like, okay, so I did the show. And I just remember sit being, doing the process of, of rehearsing with the band and then doing the sits probe, meeting everyone, and then just, just being in the thing. This thing was changing every night. You'd add in new cues. Or ch- and I just remember sitting looking around and go, this is so good. Yes. I'm so glad yeah. I chose yeah. to do this.
4: Yeah.
2: What, what a fantastic thing to be yeah, part of. Absolutely. And you're part of, uh, you're not just sat behind a desk following
1: someone. It's like when you're doing theatre, there's no. just, just so much more that you have to sort of uh, participate in. Um, yeah, regardless of whether that's you know um, going cues off actors and you know it's
4: yeah,
1: there's just a lot more to it than you know sitting, sitting behind a desk.
3: Michelle asked me to, to mention to you a specific gig that you did once at um, Junglers and I, I'm intrigued by. It. She said it was quite early on when you were down in London, and she ah, said it was quite oh, a gig.
1: That was crazy, God, that was awful, actually. <laughs> oh no,
3: oh no, this isn't a it, good story. Want to talk about no, it. oh, it's, no um, she stitched me up.
1: No, it's <laughs> it's not. It was it was a charity thing that we were doing at Junglers Comedy Club, and. Um, it was, it was, who is he? He's a, there's this comedian that's on Mock the Week.
2: He's got bald head um, and uh, Oh, Andy. Yeah. A, oh,
3: Andy Parsons.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. a
2: knob. He's such is a he? not Is he? Yeah. I don't oh, normally,
1: man. I don't, I would never normally call out, um, artists because it always comes back to bite you in the rumble with him. I don't care. Oh, he's such <laughs> a dick. He was such a dick. He was just like, you know, there was all those lot there. We had like an 18-piece band, and they hadn't established their running order as to who was him. and um, and he just came storming out, and stopped in front of everybody, and uh, and he turned around to the whole of these elite players from sort of the East Midlands areas, Michelle and everyone. who are all like gigging musicians. He turned around and he said, there. Um, "Just to let you know, it's been I'm going on first because I'm the only professional here." <gasps>
3: Oh, no. <laughs>
1: wow. Oh, then, no. Yeah, it was all a little bit grim. And then we had to do this gig there and it was like, yeah, it was all gruesome.
3: I think oh, we were probably no.
1: just drunk through the whole thing, actually.
3: The only way. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. She said something about fights with comedians, but that's good. I like that. <laughs> I hope
1: there's you always some, g- There's always some kind of drama, you know, when you're doing those yeah. kind of like, gigs where if, if things aren't, like, set in stone, it's like, you're just always going to, like, end up with problems. And if you don't have effective stage managers or production managers and stuff, it's just always a bit, like, gruesome. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: I've heard bad things about junglers. They've actually have they stopped working. I think Is it, so, yeah. folded now?
1: I haven't heard all of them for ages. There was one in Clapham for a while, no, yeah. but, like,
2: I think that's probably... I think it was just mainly, like, office dues and stag parties and...
3: Oh, mm, I see.
1: Yeah, and uh, stroppy bull comedians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: You've got other things coming up ahead for you now? So, you've finished writing this piece and you're going to record it hopefully. Do you know what else is around the corner?
1: Um, various bits and bobs, I suppose. Um, I'm going to record well, I'm just near finishing getting the funding to record my first instrumental album. Um, uh, yeah, I'm about sort of three quarters of the way through getting the funding for that. Um, mm. hoping before the end of the year I'll have the rest of the funding for that because I've never. I, I've recorded a few instrumental pieces through different albums, but I've never done like a pure instrumental album. Um,
4: Brilliant.
1: Which, which I'll do, um, uh, hopefully, um, towards the end of the year. It depends on whether we can get up and going or not. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then I'll record this uh, musical theatre piece, um, which I'll then try and start touting around. I already spoke to Tom from the Chocolate Factory about it, and he was just like... Yeah what okay right he had lots of <laughs> he, he had lots of questions and lots of like um alarm bells in his head. but um uh, see, i'm not the one thing that i'm not very effective at I'm not very good at is just um pitching stuff and describing stuff to people i mean yeah. if i had to pitch the pieta to people people would be just like mm, no nah. um because yeah. it's all in my head and they're like unless yeah. i can actually deliver a product and like whether that be in you know a Giving them a script or, or uh, a recording of it, me just blabbering on, it's like it just doesn't ever seem to land. <laughs> right. So you, I have to wait until I've got something concrete and then I can give it to them.
3: Yeah, have you approached the other palace at all? Because they do lots of workshopping, don't they? And like yeah. first performances and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're really good. They're really yeah, good. They, they do a lot of that kind of like stuff. Yeah, oh, really? Right. Okay. Yeah. I did yeah. It's, big it's fish a nice place
3: as well. It's, yeah, it's lovely. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. How was that show?
3: I flipping loved it. I loved really? it. It was quite who a much. that
1: again? It was... Um... Oh,
3: uh, la, 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 la. Um, what's his name? Andrew Lipper. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah.
3: It was really good. It was a lovely bunch of people again. It was really, really fun. But well, it was it, it Kesley it Grammer
1: t- doing
3: that? Yeah, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was, who I know in the media is not, you know, <laughs> doesn't doesn't get a great press all the time, but he was no. a dream. He was so nice to work
2: right. with a lovely lovely man yeah yeah I um charlotte's been watching um real housewives of oh, beverly hills yeah really, see really? See oh that one? and he, he's in that as a character uh <laughs> It's a, it's a sort of fly on the wall documentary. Yeah. His wife is well, I think ex-wife now. She was very much women.
3: ex-wife. Yes, there's another one. Very now. much ex-wife. Yeah, because he's married to a, a British air, I think former air hostess or something now. Yeah. Oh yeah. She was there. We definitely saw her. And I know the one, the other one. She's quite special, isn't she?
2: So getting funding—that's that must be quite a big, like a massive part of it. If you're a composer, right? You because you to get any sort of money especially if you, you want to, to do that if, yeah if things. you want
1: to do your own stuff you know if it's not yeah. if it's not a direct commission where you're just being yeah yeah paid up front it, it's it, it's yeah it's, it's really hard to do it. yeah i'm um, finding so all just, this different kind of bursaries that you have to sort of go through or even like the the application process for so many bursaries and, and funding it's so laborious it's so laborious yeah. and like takes fucking ages and uh, but you kind of have to do it and uh
2: you have to right yeah, yeah.
1: and again especially if you're not particularly good at selling concepts Ugh, and ideas people so it's like yeah even though you're yeah. quite convinced that something's gonna work and there's gonna it, it's it's really tricky to to sort of to sort of get you know um well then you know you have to be innovative with it
3: so just before we go, have you got any any tunes that you'd like to add to our delightful Spotify playlist? Is there anything you're listening to at the moment you'd like
1: uh, to add? What am I listening to at the moment? Oh, uh, I am listening to Gaga's new album, actually. Yeah, great. Right. <laughs> oh, I haven't listened to that yet. Uh, it's all right, actually. There's a little bit of um, potential Madonna rip-off on a couple of tracks, dare I say, <laughs> uh, which oh. has been pointed out. Um, so oh, yeah. that, that's why I was listening to that yesterday actually I and mean, it was quite quite interesting um,
3: maybe but, she yeah. was writing her parts out late at night listening uh, to Madonna and, and that slipped
1: in yeah. <laughs> and, uh, obviously yesterday we were all we were all listening to a little bit of MEO yesterday um, oh
3: yes of course what
1: an uh, incredible composer he was uh, I uh, just like yeah I listened again to like the opening uh, the opening score for The Hateful Eight which is only like three years ago oh yeah oh my god just the opening music for that hateful eight imagine writing that at 88 years old it's yes. it's yeah. astonishing it's astonishing uh really incredible and i still can't forget yeah. that fact that he didn't win an oscar for the mission it's like outrageous mm. oh yeah the yeah. mission
2: yes that's
1: yeah. such so beautiful music i, I had yeah. um
2: at my wedding, I had Once Upon a Time in the West, that music oh. for when oh. my, my wife walked down the aisle. Very nice. Oh, um, lovely. And that was beautiful lovely, yeah. music. I, I love the music from Cinema Paradiso. Beautiful. also yeah. Stunning. So lovely. And just the the boldness of the themes in the, the Westerns. Yeah. Um, and just how they're, they're just, they're, they're so good. They're cliches, aren't they? Like the, someone walking into a bar or whatever in any sort of western in a cartoon they'll just they'll rip it off because it's just yeah. so it is it just it's the genre wow there we go shane cullen and thank you very oh, much thanks for coming on. shane
3: oh, it's always nice to meet new people even if it is over zoom which is yeah. you know people who are having to do actual dating via zoom because i know some people who are talking about it really oh my god i wouldn't want to do that would you
2: yeah because because um you know you do the initial chat but then are you allowed to go any further than that <laughs> If, I mean, if you, if you go, tricky, if you go, in, if you go to like, tri- if you go to first, even first base, you have to kind of basically agree to get married?
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think that is the rule. Um, I don't know. <laughs>
2: Please write in, let us know.
3: Yeah. Oh my God. I, yeah. I mean, can you imagine having your first date via Zoom? Be a flipping oh. disaster. Sound cutting out left, right and centre. You might have a, possibly a biro involved. It's not oh my good.
2: god, <laughs> blooming biro. Um,
3: anyway, i I'd imagine it's,
2: it's tough enough doing it over the Zoom, where you're trying to you tell a joke and then there's that one second of <laughs> silence, which seems to last for about an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Is this going to land? Oh, Are yeah. they going to laugh? Yeah. And the, the sweet release when everyone goes. ha
3: Oh god, yes, the release.
2: Are just putting it on. <laughs> um, how did we end up talking about dating? Oh,
3: on, uh, because of uh, <laughs> dear old Shane, who, who we'd never met before. Of course.
2: It was like a little blind date, wasn't yeah. it, as you said. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, he was nice to chat to and had some funny uh, funny uh, anecdotes. <laughs> and he'd done some cool stuff. I'd love to work with Kathy Burke. Yeah. She's a complete legend. She's so great.
3: She really is. That sounded like such fun, that show, didn't it? really good yeah, amazing she's such a good cast, director well. isn't she? yeah
2: i'd love to I'd love to be involved with something that she does
3: yeah and also um, david mccallman I've, have you heard the song that he did with him it's it's really beautiful and his voice is just great isn't it
2: yeah yeah
3: yeah
2: he was in suede right
3: David McAlmon, no, because yeah. I don't think he they was. Bernard Butler, Butler was, in was, but they did a song together, didn't they? Or right. maybe even an album together. I'm not sure.
2: I think they had a bit of an act going for a while. Yeah,
3: I think so. I remember McAlmon and Butler on Top of yeah. the Pops. Yeah. Um. But he is—he's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Enough said. Great. Enough said.
2: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. He's, he's working with some good people. Yeah. So thank you very much, Shane. Yeah. And um. Yeah, that's it, really. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we've got n- nothing to say for this week because we're again we're doing this from the past. <laughs> and um, this is uh, we're mid July, and uh, life is well. It's it is what it is, <laughs> and it's uh, it's very mid July. The summer's not over yet. No, you know, uh we've got all sorts of possibilities ahead of That's
3: us. That's so true. And there and I, you I all having are having a good
2: time in August. Yeah, there yeah. you are
3: in August. I hopefully sunning yourselves and enjoying life. Yeah. Maybe a bit more freedom. Who knows?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, um Thank you for listening, yeah. and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Not sure who it's going to be next week. We haven't actually recorded it yet.
3: We haven't, but I've got my be, suspicions. Um,
2: Oh, do you think you know? I
3: do think I know. But hmm. I'll say no more. <laughs>
2: okay. Well, we'll catch you uh, catch you next week guys yeah. for another episode of Three in a Bar.
3: Bye. Bye.